Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Oh, LaVisca's awesome, man. He's uh, he's one of those guys. He plays receiver, uh, but he runs the ball like a running back. And we just find ways to get it, get the ball in his hands. Even the touchdown to DJ, that worked because they were worried about LaVisca catching the ball and we were pumping down to him. Um, I'm very excited for him. I think he's going to continue to work, continue to stay humble, and I think he's going to do really, really good things for us. That is Gardner Minshew. And when Gardner Minshew wins in 2020 and the Jacksonville Jaguars get the dub, well, you know what time it is? It's Minshew time. Minshew magic, Minshew mania. We call it a Minshew Monday here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Get your bandanas out, your aviators. Show off the guns. <laughs> you got the jorts on over there. Probably can't see them, everybody, but you got the jorts going. I'm rocking jorts. Yeah, and I forgot the sleeveless T-shirt. It's all right. I took but, care of that for yeah, you. Yeah, you got the that. The guy with the... That but Triflex I, on this yeah, show is doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I figured, you know, I mean, I might as well rock a Fleetwood Mac shirt because I like Mike Gardner Minshew's to wear Fleetwood Mac shirts. How about but yesterday, I'm man? I'm sure he's into He them. had Macho Man Savage yesterday. Nice. On the bandana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. My, what I need to do is get a little better bandana collection because yep. if Minshew's going to keep this up, we're going to have a lot of Minshew Mondays. You, you better And so I it. need a bandana collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And by the way, thanks to the shrimp for uh, helping my costume out. Oh, this I didn't even is, notice yeah. it's a Gardner Minshew shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> don't, don't let my son today. He's going to have a nightmare. When did we do this last year? We had some leftovers. I can't find the mustache, though, anymore. That's the problem. Yeah, we, and I had a little, they probably cleaned was, it. Yeah, they probably, we probably might have thrown some of them out. Did we do it in the offseason or during think, the season? No, it was during the season. Okay. I think it might have been Halloween. I know I went to the uh, Halloween store to buy some of this stuff. We had that photo of you guys both yeah. Minshewed out yeah. on, on Instagram. Well, hey, get used to it. I've oh. got more in my Minshew collection. I'm not going to lie. This is pretty standard for me, so I'm not hating whatsoever. <laughs> like, I, I seriously, I wore this for the exact same thing in Charleston after the fight. You did? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was wearing my aviators, so the, the aviators are new, but I wore this pretty much exact, except I was wearing a Pink Floyd t-shirt, so oh, it's all good. Man. Hey, congrats on the fight, man. Thank you congrats very much, man. I We're appreciate it. We're going to talk more about it in a it's bit. It's all good. We've got a lot to talk about. Talk yeah, about, yeah, but, yeah. All right, let's get more into the Jags, right? I know you already did, so uh, I won't try to be repetitive. Just going to give you my my side of it. Just give us that sunshine and rainbows that you're so accustomed for, bro. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? This is yeah. my ter- time to flex, yeah. uh, essentially. That's And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Literally. All right, so speaking. here's the deal, okay? This is the big thing I left there with outside of the game plan that I mentioned. Obviously, Minshew, you don't do what Minshew has done in six of his wins and other games and moments in game-winning fashion and, and just the moxie he has. And then put a performance together like this one. Some of the numbers, right, it's like he missed four passes in the last two openers, mm-hmm. right? He's thrown five touchdowns last two openers. The last game last year, this first game this year, so his last two NFL games, he's thrown for like 500 yards with six touchdowns against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I he's made history a few times as a young QB in the league. Made history again yesterday with the three touchdowns and 95% completion rate. Uh, and But why I do think Jay Gruden deserves a lot of credit, and I think a lot of guys on that offense deserve credit. I just don't think you do those things and you're bad. You know, I just don't think that happens in the NFL. I, I think that's hard to do. The NFL is a hard league. And so he's got something in there. Again, that doesn't mean he's the quarterback for the next 12 years. It doesn't mean he's going to be one of these elite QBs we mention all the time. I don't know what it means. But you don't do that stuff 
you have a one-off every now and again. Heck, sometimes guys even have two or three games in a row. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Blake, you know, and and it's like, oh, the light's on, and then it fizzles away. This has been a little bit more steady and spread out to show us that Minshew's got something here. And uh, we get to find out this year what exactly he has. I think that's awesome. That's the conversation in town. What is this guy? Right. That's what they're asking themselves. Who is this guy? So Gardner Minshew... What a performance, man. I mean, he tried to tell everybody, we ain't tanking. We're working hard. He built his body up. He made great decisions, held on to the football. Uh, and, yeah, I'd still, by the way, I'd like to see him throw the ball down the field a little bit more eventually. Eventually. Yeah. It wasn't a big part of the game plan. They didn't feel like they needed to. it. They did get the chark penalty on one of those. Uh, they drew that, so that was good. And, obviously, the Keelan Cole balls down the field, right? Yep. So, They'll do more of that, I think. They'll take their shots when they need to. And keep in mind, he was a tremendous deep ball thrower last year. So mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about the deep ball game. I like that he put the ball in the middle of the field at times a little bit more. That was a question mark of mine. And uh, he just didn't take unnecessary risks. I mean, this guy's fun to watch. He's a fun personality. And I don't know if he gets the credit for being a pretty good quarterback. Well, you know, and that's that Jay Gruden kind of philosophy where it's very quarterback friendly, a lot of short passes. We kind of talked, we talked about that last week a little bit where I expect to see a lot of short passes. Now, I expect to see a lot more Chris Thompson. We don't really see a lot of Chris Thompson because obviously a receiving uh, back in the backfield can help out your quarterback as well. And listen, and Stephen kind of had the, this philosophy when he called in the show and he threw some records at me real quick with uh, James Robinson and Gardner Minshew and threw some stats at me. I love the numbers and I love the stats, but but I firmly believe you you can find stats numbers for anybody, right? Yeah. I can I, I can find records right now that you know probably every Jaguar player broke yesterday. Yeah, maybe. But, but but my point is what I like about it is I see improvement. Like what what I'm going off of right now is what my eyes tell me. What I'm going off of is what I know about the game of football, and what I know about the game of football is I saw Garner Minshew yesterday take strides forward. Uh, uh, I saw Garner Minshew make veteran moves yesterday, and I saw an offense that seems to be tailor made for what Gardner Minshew does well. Now, yeah, obviously he's got to throw in the deep ball. I'm sure we'll see some of that down the line a little more, maybe a little more play action, set up, you know, maybe Conley or, or DJ Chark on, on, on a long goal route. That will probably come eventually. But I'm just saying from what I saw from the from the checkdowns, from the lookdowns, um, just from the comfort of the pocket, he's, ma- he's making progress. And that's all, for me right now, that's what I want to see. You know, like, yeah, the, the completion percentage is fantastic. You want to see him throw some some more yards probably over, you know, 300 would be awesome. But you know what? As long as he's making the strides to be a better quarterback, and at least after one uh, a week sample size of one week, we've seen that he's made better progress. Listen, in his NFL career, he now has 24 touchdowns and six interceptions. Guys are judged on that a lot. Mm-hmm. What's your ratio? He's 4-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Four to one. I know he has some fumbles in his career, but he's four to one. Mm-hmm. And he's seven and six with a team that really most people think stinks. Mm-hmm. He's seven and six. I mean, it's you you gotta give the guy credit. You gotta give the guy credit. We're talking more about Midshoe. The other guy that deserves a lot of credit, and I said this going in. What's most important about this football team, at least in the early going, things that they talked about. And I'm talking they, meaning Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone. What they told us they liked about the football team. Why are you doing some of these things? What are they doing were the questions the last couple of weeks. Leonard Fournette and Jan and and whatever, Ronnie Harrison. These moves. Yeah. James Robinson? What? James Robinson? Who is this guy? We had the conversations. Do they Are they the smartest guy in the room right now? Well, it's one game. And mm-hmm. it's important to remind people it's one game. 
But damn it, we're going to talk about this one game because it was a good game and a good win and a good look. And they delivered. To me, I said it yesterday on Twitter. I hope Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone had a big cold one and a bologna sandwich yesterday. <laughs> because they have taken a lot of stuff. Sure. Right? Absolutely. And they earned some of it along the way. Dave Caldwell's been here longer to earn more of it. But at least for a Sunday afternoon, they should feel pretty good. And part of the reason they should feel pretty good is because they didn't lie to us. They weren't making it up, at least after one week. Mm, Doug Marone yeah, said he yeah. liked this team. He did. You could see why he likes this team. I think Jacksonville all of a sudden fell in love with that team and the resilience and kind of what he's talking about. You can see that. There's something to him, led by Minshew. They said they were better at the offensive line. You know what? That offensive line did a pretty good job yesterday. Opened up holes for James Robinson. Had a couple of big hold, a sack and a holding penalty. They weren't perfect, but they were pretty decent. They They protected when they needed to protect. They were good on third downs, not a lot of negative plays. They said they were better, and they were pretty good yesterday. They also said, James Robinson, wait till you see this guy. They basically said, wait until you see this guy. Mm-hmm. You'll see what we see. Well, James Robinson for a week was pretty damn good. Uh, and then the last part I'll say, and there I could go on and on here because they've told us a lot over the last four months, but I think the last part I'll say is they spent all this time in the offseason trying to get better against the run, mm-hmm. right? They they got Joe Schobert. They moved Miles Jack into a better spot. They said, you know what, Josh Jones, he's better than Ronnie Harrison. That's what they told us. They said, you know why? Because he can stop the run. That's what. That's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Chase on, who's better against the run. Then even Jan would be against the run. Uh, they they tried to tell us guys like Gotsis, you know, pretty good against the run. And we're like, God, yeah. Hmm. Calais. You know, Jalen, you use well, Boya, you lose all these yeah. people, you lose right over the Jan, you're losing uh, all these guys. Well, I understand that Indy didn't necessarily force feed the run, and they got away from the run, but they Jaguars did a good job against the run. This is a team that torched them for 200 last year, correct? And they did a good job against the run. So I don't. Well, okay, but let me ask you this now. Uh, let me be a devil's advocate. Okay. Here. Okay. Thoughts about Taven Bryan yesterday? I'm going to tell you about Taven Bryan because I asked about Taven Bryan uh, to somebody, and I did not see much out of Taven Bryan. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see where he was, but I was told, or some of the conversation was, people that maybe looked at him more closely yeah. said, you know what, he did a pretty good job. He didn't flash. He's not somebody that jumped across the screen, didn't go make a tackle for a loss, but he was cheating so, up blocks so great and doing his, doing his job. Yeah, sure. That's what I was heard. I heard. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. I mean, no, the, the guy definitely showed great get off. I, and listen, he had a couple of plays where it's like, yeah, I mean, that, that play is because of Taven Bryant. But my point is, listen, regardless of what you think about Clay as Campbell, because I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. You're saying all these moves that they, they made, they've worked out, right? Ryan Harrison for being gone. Yeah, yeah, for a week. Well, I can also make an argument and say, well, if you keep Clay as Campbell, are even more confident right now because you're having essentially, you know, the the best run stopper according to Pro Football Focus last year still on your team. Yeah, fair enough. You know, fair enough. And the answer so, to that would probably be yes. Yeah. Right. It yeah. would probably be yes. Yeah. Now that was more of a business move. We acknowledge from the 15. Correct. That wasn't. We don't like you, Calais. No, of that course, was more of, of a business move. And I think, but it's still a move we nonetheless. Could, we could ask every week that Calais Campbell would be the Jags would be better with Calais Campbell on the team. Yeah. I don't think there's any week that we would say no to that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. So. Do you agree with it? A lot of people don't. Did they have to clean cap? Did they get a pick? Yeah. But 
we still wish he was in Jacksonville. And yeah. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't believe that. Well, see, and that's to me the, 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 the one, well, there's two big things. To me, it's Clayus Campbell and it's also Yannick Ngakwe. Not so much that, you know, they can't replace Yannick Ngakwe because I think Chase on eventually could do that. It's just what you got for, for Yannick Ngakwe in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But you know, with that being said, though, listen, I watched that game on Sunday and I didn't say, well, they missed Leonard Fournette. Okay, I didn't watch that game on Sunday and said, well, they missed Ronnie Harrison. Now, in the beginning, um, there was a play where I forgot who, I think was it Jones. I think it was Jones. It was down in the box and he gave up outside contain a little bit and it was a while. It was like the first drive of the series and gave up a contain. I'm like, well, maybe if Harrison was there or something, he would have got that. Whatever. But regardless, Jones did a pretty dang good job. Now, hopefully, he's healthy and ready to roll for the future. But to prove your point, I didn't sit there and say, well, they missed Ronnie Harrison. They missed Leonard Fournette. Now, I would like to see Leonard Fournette out of the I formation the very first play of the game with a fullback at his disposal, but it is what it is. Yeah, and last one for me. When they got rid of Leonard, it was a high, it was a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. When they and, and with nobody really back there, right? And mm-hmm. then they divide a Zigbo, and they really like a Zigbo. Uh, one more person told me that they wish his hammy didn't go down. They think they have a pretty good one-two punch. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll see in a few weeks and see mm-hmm. if they're right. But when it looked like really they got rid of Leonard for nothing. The bottom line is Ronnie Harrison, Leonard Fournette, Telvin Smith, Jalen Ramsey, all those moves, for whatever reason, okay? Mm-hmm. There has been no specific reason mentioned, but we kind of piece it all together and understand they were not the team-first guys that they were looking for. I mean, Marone punched it home yesterday said, this is the closest I've been to a team since I've been a head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he likes the football team because of the moves they made. He believes in them, trusts them more, and, and is more comfortable with them because he thinks he knows what he's going to get. Well, that played off. That was a resilient bunch, man. You have to ask yourself the question. The way they moved up and down the field in the first quarter, the Colts did yesterday. Mm -hmm. If the Jags had those other guys, not just those three or four, but the makeup of the last couple years, do they fold their tent? Do they are they as resilient? Do they answer the bell? You know, do they end blown out 30 to 10 because they're jawing at each other? Is there a little bit of that? Maybe. You know, maybe. I don't know. Well, we don't know. That's a yeah, little unfair. Well, you have to ask yourselves, do you do you have the the, the, the coaching culture to, to get that out of your players, to be successful? Yeah. Right? Because I compared it like this. So I, I watched a lot of the Seahawks-Falcons game. Jamal Adams, man, I don't know if you watched the game or not. I Jamal didn't. Adams was a difference maker. Jamal Adams was a game changer. At the safety position. Okay, now, I can make an argument and say, well, Jamal Adams wasn't a team-first guy in New York, True. right? Yeah. Well, he goes to Seattle where they obviously have a culture in place, and Jamal Adams single-handedly, like, put the it seemed like the Seahawks defense back on the map. Like, he had a fantastic game. I don't, I don't even know his stats. I just saw the guy was everywhere on the field. But my point is, if you have that buildup, if you have that culture to bring out those guys, then by all means do it. Because you know why? One of those guys could make the difference between being a mediocre team and being a special team. Yeah. But if you don't have that culture, then you can't keep them on. I, I get it. And yeah. listen, I'm not, you know, we've had these discussions. Yeah. I think you need some of those guys. Yeah. You have to find a way to make those guys work. Yeah. But you also have to rip the Band-Aid off and start over sometimes because you just don't have the right mix. Mm-hmm. And I think for a game, we saw, all right, we believe that this team showed a little guts, showed a little moxie, didn't go pout in the corner. Didn't point fingers. You could tell they like each other. Mm -hmm. This win was big. They kind of said, you watch. It wasn't just Doug and Dave that said, let us play. It was the team that said, let us play. You think we're tanking? Look what we have. 
Mm-hmm. It was a it was a tremendous performance. I mean, it really was. It was a big, big win. They haven't won in Jacksonville to open the year since 2011. They were an eight-point dog at home. Philip Rivers and Frank Reich had such disrespect for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Instead of kicking a field goal on the road, a gimme to go up 10 nothing, which every team in the NFL does, yeah. they went for it. They went for it on their own 40. And they got it, by the way. They went for it, I think, on their own 39 one time. And I think they got that one, too. Yeah. But they... They were just like, it doesn't, this team's a JV team. They, we, we're going to toy with them. And they, you know what they did for a bit? And again, this does not make the Jaguars perfect. Jaguars have a lot of warts still. But for a week to see the moxie and toughness and mental toughness of a team that I think's played pretty soft over the years from a mental standpoint uh, was, was impressive. And so, again, my point in this is Doug Marone said these things. And I think the team played to what Doug told us. Mm-hmm. At least for a week, they're not going 16 and 0. You know, they're not going to always do it right. Yeah. But it was a likable football team to watch, and it was almost to the point where, listen, I don't know how the NFL works. Philip Rivers might come down here and score and go up 27-24 and win the game. Mm-hmm. But you still almost had an appreciation for the way the Jags played, especially given the first 10 minutes. Yeah. They got better throughout the game in the first, from first quarter to fourth quarter. They, they played inspired football. You know, they played like a team who was reading the headlines and they're going to tank and they did something about it. Uh, real quick, Jamal Adams. So 12 tackles, uh, one sack and two and a half tackles for loss. Oh, he played. Yeah, so, so he had a heck of a game. But like yeah. I said, I mean, once again, I think they, they found a special guy now in Seattle. I broke this down when you're driving here, but this is why I'm excited for the Titans game. Because we saw a team Sunday come out against the Colts, play inspired football, play against a team that was supposed to crush them, play against a team that was supposed to pound them in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and they played inspired. I'm excited for the Titans game now because, for the most part, we expect what the Titans are going to do. Yeah. Okay? They're going to play that Titans brand of football. And... Let's be honest. If you're the Jaguars, you have to bring your hard hat, your lunch pill, and, and, and all that cliche type of stuff. But to me, we're about to find out exactly what type of team this Jaguars team is. Because if they can hang with the Titans, and if they can match them pound for pound, let's just say, well, he might have something special. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, and we'll obviously talk a lot about the Titans game. And I think you said something important there. See, I don't think the Jags are going to beat the Titans this week. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I picked the Jags yesterday. And I'm not sure I really believed it. But I, I, yeah. I, I don't believe at this point, and I might change my mind. Who knows? I got the chance to do that well, in five more days. Yeah, let's see how the Titans play tonight as well. Yeah, we could. That's yeah. right, right? I think the Titans are going to beat them. But you said something interesting. If they could hang with them. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this team in the last couple of years has hardly been able to tackle them. Yeah. Forget about hang with them. They can't even tackle them. It's like they hit the mercy button at times <laughs> yeah. and said, okay, we'll call off the dogs. Well, now keep in mind, We're going to bench Henry now, okay? Exactly. So you don't have to tackle them anymore. Keep in mind, last Thursday, uh, I mean, last year, the Thursday night game, the Jaguars provided they were really good. They did, and, and, but the, that was a Clayus Campbell game. Remember, yeah. that was a game Clayus Campbell absolutely went off. He was all the stats. tremendous. They exactly. did win that. I, listen, they, had, they snuck one here or there, but, but it, it was overall, one. Yeah, overall. It, it's so Big it brother. would go. It would go a long way on the road. First time this team has gone on the road, given this climate, no fans, all that stuff. So it'll be interesting. We'll talk more about the yeah. Tennessee game, but I think you bring up a good point. Uh, by the way, we've got a couple of thoughts in here. They love the look. Well, thank you very much. Need a mustache, Eric? I know, I know. I can't. I I thought I had one in here, and I'm not going to um, shave this beard. Sorry. And I'm not growing a mustache. Yeah. I'm just going to tape that one on. Uh, Tom says, "Nice win, but only one win. Relax." Um, also, uh, Prince of Kings says, "Unpopular opinion coming up. It's been one." game settle down 
it's a Minshew Monday here on ESPN 690. Mm. And that means the Jags won. And I understand it's one game. <laughs> but you can have your one game crap the rest of the week. We're going to talk about a game that the Jaguars show promise. We hammer them for being tanking and getting rid of players, rebuilding the roster again. We spent six months doing that. We spent pretty much... 11 out of the 12 years I've been in town talking about how bad they are. Yeah. If the Jags win and they surprise everybody in the NFL, we're going to talk about it like they're going to the Super Bowl. Hey, Coos, here's what I want from you, man. I want you to get a sound bite of the Kool-Aid man going, oh, yeah, because Brent's reminded me of the Kool-Aid man because he's drinking a lot of Kool-Aid. He's handing out to everybody to enjoy as well. You you, you become the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, ah, I've heard better, but not bad, not bad. But, I mean, yeah, you're kind of the cool I didn't go man. all in on that. I know you didn't. Uh, no, I, didn't. Oh, I get you were out there, and then the sun today, it's hot. I yeah, understand. I, I had chip drink a Diet Coke, and I thought my voice was going to crack. <laughs> we don't uh, want that. <laughs> all right, hey, a couple other things uh, for now. We'll, we'll talk more about it. Uh, the warts are, we're going to talk about the warts a little bit. The, mm-hmm. This defense is still, listen, I said to somebody in the press box, uh, I said, you know what? I don't think their pit pass defense is going to be very good. I don't. I want to see if they can stop the run because they told us and they built all offseason trying to get better against the run. And quite frankly, you could not get worse yeah. than last year. So it's almost like if they give up 350 yards passing, I'm almost like okay with that because they haven't promised us that they're going to be great against the pass. The defenses of the last couple of years with Boye and Ramsey and all these pass rushers, yeah. that was basically a promise that we're going to be good against the pass and we're going to create turnovers and we're going to sack you like Saxonville did. So they're not promising us that. They never told us that. The roster probably isn't good enough for that. But if you can tell us that you're going to stop the run and you stop the run, well, you know what? I'm, I mean, I know you're not ready to win the Super Bowl here. Your roster is not complete. Um, I, if you at least are respectable and not embarrassed like they were in the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. I can deal with that, I guess is my point. Uh, so we'll talk about some of the wards. I want to uh, go ahead. Get well, a thought on well, it. Uh, no, and I was going to say too, like, yeah, they gave up a lot of passing yards and that was kind of expected, right? Very young secondary. But we got to ask ourselves, what did it look like when they did, right? There's a lot of guys getting wide open. There weren't a lot of Jaguars defenders, even in the vicinity when, when the ball was caught. Like, see, that makes me nervous because I don't think it's more necessarily of, oh, wow, like this guy's getting out. Man, that's not the case. I just think like there's some miscommunications out there of, of guys getting wide open. You don't want to see that. Well, in a young secondary, I think you might have that. Sure. It's so hard to tell. By the way, I did not think D.J. Hayden played a great football game. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I'm not watching the tape back, and, and it's hard to tell on the nickel sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he looked like he was in chase mode to me a lot. He had the big penalty too, but I, yeah. he even looked like he was in chase mode a lot. So especially the guy who has to be the leader. Yeah, that is he making up for somebody's mistake, or is yeah. that his mistake? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. the problem. But listen, I do think Philip Rivers has been in this league a long time. He, like the Bradys and everybody else, is going to create matchup problems. He's going to pick you apart. And do keep in this in mind: he has been with Gus Bradley in L.A. for the last two years. He knows how to beat this scheme. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, he ha- he knows, you know? And so the the credit I give to that defense is they made plays, man. That's the other positive. Again, we'll, we'll bring up some of the warts and, and are we are we missing things that were hidden by a win in just a bit. But, man, I've been around here for so long now. And every game you listen to a presser like on the Monday after and it's like, wow, if we had just made those three plays. Usually it comes down to a few plays. If we had just made two of the plays or three of the plays. Well, the Jaguars made those plays yesterday. Yeah. They made those plays. The pick by Wingard. The pick by C.J. Henderson, the stuff on fourth down. The Colts didn't make those plays. That veteran team that's supposed to be a front runner in the AFC, led by Phillip Rivers, didn't make the plays. Two picks, some costly mistakes, uh, That is, and, and even drops by T.Y. Hilton. Oh, yeah. You know, veteran guys that didn't make plays. 
I mean, how about for once the Jaguars in a in few critical plays in a game, and they're the ones that made them instead of messed up? Of course, yeah, and obviously didn't turn the ball over. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, anytime you win the turnover battle, you got a shot. And yesterday the Jaguars got that shot. Well, and I guess that's one thing I also didn't say about Marone, where he didn't lie to us. He said they're going to play cleaner football. Yeah. He thought they coached up the penalties and everything else better. They did. They had a couple big penalties now. Yeah. Uh, but they play cleaner football from a penalty standpoint and also from a turnover standpoint, like yeah. you just mentioned. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot to like. A lot to like from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, there are some things not to like. What are we missing here? Right. Let's not go all crazy. Although I kind of like it. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what are we? What's hidden here? What are the hidden flaws of this football team that could be exposed as we go along in week two and three and four a little bit more, uh, including that pass defense and giving up big chunks of yards? Also, got to start getting some sacks, right? Well, that might be one of them. Yeah. Uh, also, FSU at four. We'll talk about them. Oh boy, what went wrong? That's a long list uh, there. So we'll get a little bit of that. We still got some NFL chatter to get to as well. I want to hear more about Austin's fight. A good day at the Dream 18. Thanks for hanging out with us, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's a Minshew Monday. On ESPN 690. Oh, yeah, it's a Minshew Monday here on ESPN 690. If you're checking out the video feeds, we've dressed up for the occasion. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. By the way, saw someone today at the Action Sports Jack Stream 18 tournament. Watches on Twitch. Yeah. Apparently, that's where Ty watches as well. Twitch is where it's at, huh? No, you know who it was, actually? It was, was, uh, remember we had Evan Moore on? Yeah. That was his older brother. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's where he watches. I like him, man. On Twitch. We're reaching uh, all the masses. Fred Martin, Austin Lane, Coos on a Monday. Jags win 27-20. Shout out to Josh P for saying that Austin looks like he belongs in Electric Mayhem. I saw that comment. I couldn't help but laugh at it, man. Shout out to the Muppets. And then that's probably the comment of the day for me. I assume that was I like do. a... Uh, wrestling team. Some kind of movie. Oh, I thought, I thought they talked like some kind of old school movie. Oh, Electric Mayhem. Oh, yeah. The Muppets, man. Shout out to Zoop, by the way. He was my favorite member of Electric Mayhem. Obviously, he was a saxophone player. I was a saxophone player. So shout out to Zoot. Do you, do you know who Zoot is, Brent? He's blue. Yeah. Yeah, not a like, big like Muppet Gonzo? guy. He, uh, he's, he's light blue. Kind of like, I think like a Carolina blue, if I'm not mistaken. All right, a lot of positive stuff, right? You talked about a lot of positives. Uh, heck, yeah, I talked about a lot of positive stuff in the first 40 minutes for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, since I've arrived on a Minshew Monday. And I think it's at least, this is what I, I try to counter all the positive stuff in the win, even though I don't think we have to do much of that. Why not enjoy the win? I mean, for it's still 24 hours, right? Uh, just about. We can enjoy this win around here. It was so unexpected. We've been many a Mondays to start the season or any time in a season where it hasn't been that fun. This is fun. Uh, and by the way, you know, you mentioned Tennessee, and we'll talk about much more about Tennessee as the week goes along, as we've already indicated. But just put this in your mind. If the Jaguars do beat Tennessee, just if, 
it totally changes this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally. Just allow yourself to think about this for a moment. If they were to beat Tennessee and stun the Titans next week in Nashville, they would be 2-0 and against the division. They would be 2-0 and on the season. And at least on paper, they would then welcome the Dolphins, play against the Bengals, play against Houston, who knows what they look like in a few weeks, mm-hmm. and play against Detroit. And mm-hmm. again, the Jags can lose all four of those games. But you would at least like the – it just changes how you would think about things. Yeah. See, right now, this is such a big win for the Jags because the idea was to get to the bye week three and three. If you can do that against – because you got some gettable games. You get some games that you think you can compete. They're not the Green Bays and Minnesotas of the world that look tough or even the Ravens or Kansas City. It's not those kind of games. Correct. So, But these first two were difficult. And so the fact that they split and won uh, – at least split and won this one. And then you have those games coming up. If they could win two out of three against Miami, Cincy, and Detroit, well, now you're three and three at worst mm-hmm. going into the bye, and you feel okay. Mm-hmm. So that's important because later in the season it gets much, much more difficult on paper. Uh, so that's a little bit of the context of it. But let's counter, okay, and say what what did the win hide? What did Philip Rivers' mistakes and maybe the too gutsy of a call on fourth and two – Hide. Was this a mirage? Was this the Jaguars got lucky? Was this look out? It could be a long season in a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. And I guess the first eyesore is some of these explosive plays. When you were playing, how many explosive plays would a coach would write on the board is my guess, right? The game plan and goals for the week. And do you remember it all from the run game to pass game in totality? How many explosive plays? You'd be like, okay, we can deal with that. Three? Mm Mm-hmm. Not on a drive, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> three total. I mean, the, the, the I mean, usually you'd go like three, um, you know, total. Like then you can go like, you know, we can't give up three run if it's like a good against a running team or three. I mean, because uh, for instance, the definition of an explosive play is different, right? Like an explosive play, I think, in a pass is like over fifteen. I think it's over fifteen. I mean, some teams you can it call might, it different. It might be over thirteen. And what's on a run then? Ah, uh, ten. Okay. I mean, at least that's what we classify it depends, as explosive. Right? But, but somewhere, all, let's just say over 10 on a run shades. and over 15 maybe on a pass. Sure. Well, the Jaguars on the second drive after being down 7 nothing, and actually they moved the ball well, and then Linder's penalty really hurt that, that second drive they had. Yeah. The second drive for the uh, Chargers, they went 18 yards, 19 yards, 18 yards before they ended up getting shut down near the goal line Correct. on the, the fourth down. I mean, that was three plays in a row. In a row. They were picking up chunks. So was that Rivers? Was that some early miscommunication? Early, we haven't had a preseason. There's a lot of ways to think about it. There's a lot of excuses you could give the team, and really all teams, because everybody has some issues in the early going of the year. But I would say a big concern they had to have, I didn't count them up uh, because it got better. I was about to count it up, but it got better for the Jags defense. But the explosive play count had to be pretty strong yesterday so, for for the Colts. Yeah. So did I, I say the Chargers already? Did I already put Philip Rivers back on the Chargers? You might have. I might have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he uh, plays for the Colts. Yeah. Who plays for the Colts? Um. Listen, I opened the show with this. There was a lot of explosive plays to go around, and it seemed like what maybe guys were in the right position, but like the Colts made it look way too easy, right? And when that game started out and they score right away, I'm like, oh, there's the old Jaguars defense. Welcome back, guys. We missed you. Like that's what I expected. 
But then as the game went on, like, you know, they were able to kind of hold their own a little bit. With that being said, though, I didn't take any of those explosive plays, Brenton, and said, like, that's the one that, that like, was the nail in the coffin. Right? Like, yeah, there were players where it's like, well, that's easy. That's easy. But, like, not one, like, long touchdown where it's like, oh, well, there goes the game. You know, like, that's why coaches always try to limit explosive plays because low explosive plays are momentum changers. Mm. Um, especially when we have the crowd involved, too, sometimes, right? Well, crowd wasn't there. But I'm saying explosive plays can turn the whole momentum around. It, it can make Mr. Momentum change addresses, if you will. Well, to me in that game, that didn't really happen. Now, yeah, you gave up a lot of big plays, a lot of easy plays. But never do that game where I'm like, well, the Jaguars have lost this now. Like, th- there goes that momentum. So I like that. I like the bend but don't break mentality. Mel Tucker swore by this mm-hmm. mentality. right? Because hey, by the way, the Chiefs have sworn by that over the course. last couple of years. Of course. Now, they so, have an offense that's going to score 40. But. Exactly. That helps you out, too, as well, for sure. So I like the fact that they didn't break. I like the fact that of all those explosive plays, which was a lot of them, I didn't leave thinking, like, well, that was the one that really caught, like, you know, swung the game around. It didn't. But what makes me nervous, you know, and I talked about this a little bit already, but what what made me, like, leaving, like, man, you guys better clean that up a little bit is the fact that it seemed like guys weren't in the right place. Yeah. Okay, now, you have a young team, sure, that's going to happen. Um, but going forward, you, you can't afford to do that. Yeah, I don't think we give enough credit sometimes to coaching and all that because Reich and the Colts, according to Joe Schobert in his postgame, basically showed some looks that they hadn't seen on tape. And so, well, therefore, you've got all these young guys, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's any feasible. team's going to do. And though. by the way, well, by the way, you're also play, you have young guys, and you're playing a guy that's been in the league for 17 years, sure, right? So he's going to put them. I just think it's a little mismatch from a mind game standpoint. But they got better at it. Mm-hmm. My, my big point about the Jags' defense is they got better as the game went along. It was an ugly start, but they got better. Well, and they made some halftime adjustments, which in the past was like their Achilles heel. It seemed like on I defense. actually thought at the end of the day. And I don't know where you put Wash because they gave up so many yards, and I, people don't like Wash, and you'll yell at me if I give him any credit. But let's just say in totality, and specifically Gruden and Marone, I thought the Jags outcoached the Colts. Hmm. Is that a little too far? Um, no, I mean, listen, I think the Colts did a pretty good job of shutting down the run, too, in the second half. Right, I mean, they, 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 they made they, an adjustment. They, they too. made some corrections it was, there. It was interesting, but, right? Robinson, they didn't have the plays, or it didn't seem like he could get in a rhythm. They had three and out early on. Yeah. And then they tried to throw it a ball, and it worked, I think, uh, as a, a field goal drive, the second drive. So they really didn't involve Robinson. Yeah. So it was hard to tell. Did they shut down the run, or did it just not fit at the time in the offense? So I think, yeah, I think the Jaguars had the better game plan. I think they, you know, kind of outcoached the Colts, if you will, a little bit. But I'm going to say this, though. And, you know, it's uh, it's Frank Reich, right? Frank Reich. Or, yeah, yeah, Frank Reich, yeah. So um, with him, I mean, listen, he's, a, he's an offensive genius, you know, and I'll give him all the credit in the world. But to me, it seems like Philip Rivers was calling that game more than Wright was. And the reason I say is this, because how that game was starting to shake out, especially in the first half, even some little bit in the second half, was exactly how it shook out against the Chargers last year here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Remember how they started getting Austin Eckler and Gordon in the, the past game a little bit? Well, Naeem Hines had a pretty good day. And then all of a sudden after Eckler, then came Hunter Henry. Well, Jack Doyle started going a little bit. Like To me, it was the exact same game plan that Phillip Rivers had last year with the Chargers here in Jacksonville. And guess what? That game plan worked great. It seemed like wherever he went, he was going to have success. I, I, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Oh, so I was gonna say, like, so I got that feeling, like, oh, here we go again. Here comes Eckler, you know, here comes Eckler or Naeem Hines or Jonathan Taylor, and then go back to Jack Doyle and then T.Y. Hilton or Keenan Allen, right? Like, it had all the variables to be the exact same performance as it was last year against the Chargers. 
But then I think that Philip Rivers got a little too cocky. I think he got a little too confident. They didn't go back to their basics of running the football, play action, things like that. And Philip Rivers threw his two interceptions, and they're detrimental to the win. Yeah, obviously. I'm going to ask you a little bit later on the week about the screenplay. That's a little bit of a talk as well. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't stop the screen. Uh, we saw a good screen. We, 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 we did see a screen. James we, we, we see a screen. How about the hurdle? We didn't see a screen. Oh, man. Hey, two quick things, okay? Watch out. Yeah. Jags didn't show much of a pass rush. That mm-hmm. is maybe the best offensive line in football, people say. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But they didn't show much of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of hits on the QB. Miles Jack got to a little bit, but not much. I, th- I thought we'd see a little bit more well, there. Well, that was also kind of this. I mean, listen, that was he a great about Miles Jack. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about the one with Jacoby Brissett, too. Oh, that was yeah, a great yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, great play. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think it was Minshew and Rivers got rid of the ball in 2.34 seconds, according mm-hmm. to Next Gen Stats. They were tied on the day. Boom, 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 boom. Hard to get to the QB. It's good. Right? Yeah. Uh, the other concern is the depth in the secondary. Jared Wilson is hurting right now. Yeah. Josh Jones was banged up and played through it. C.J. Henderson for a time went out, though. I thought Claypool did a nice job, and they didn't pick on him too much and couldn't pick on him too much. But it's going to stress their depth. Um, well, and the Jaguars actually already. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing you are. Go so ahead, go ahead. Sidney Jones, C- right? Sidney Jones have been promoted to the active roster. Yeah. And placed uh, safety Jared Wilson on the reserve injured list. Oh, so they did do that. I didn't see that part of it. Correct. So they did put him on the reserve list. Yep. Okay. The, the, the reserve injured list. Which whatever. means he could miss for a few games uh, if I'm seeing the light, right list. So that's a big then, story then. And then they've also signed Josh Nurse and Craig Reynolds to the practice squad and released rookie Amari Henderson. Okay. So they, they have to clean. The secondary is a problem now. Yes. That's a little bit of a concern. But. It might not be against the Titans. They're not going to throw it all over the yard. The one thing that, that, that concerns you, though, is A.J. Brown, right? And A.J. Brown out of the slot where usually you yeah. put Hayden on him. Well, Hayden didn't have his best game. We both agree, um, you know, against the Colts here. So he's got to step it up a little bit. Okay, yeah. Well, they're going to take their lumps in the passing game. I believe yeah. it. I do, I do think so. It's Jared Wilson, by the way, didn't miss a snap all last year. Week one, he got out of there. Sure. But here's the thing, Brent. We, we, we both know this. Jaguars fans have to know this. Your secondary right now, they're young, and they're going to take your lumps like you just said. That's where that pass rush comes in. It works hand in hand. If you have a good pass rush, if Josh Allen, if Chase on, if Smoot can get after the quarterback a little bit, that makes things so much easier on the back end in the second day. All right, uh, quick little FSU at four. Let's get to Mike Norvell, FSU. Oof. You know, throughout the course of the game, there were a handful of opportunities that, uh, you know, I, I think that you know, James was seeing the right things, and whether it's you know one you know, one issue or the other at uh, at a different position, um, that kind of kind of forced him to hesitate. But uh, you know, and then there were a few times that uh, you know that he missed an opportunity, or um, you know has to continue to work to, to get his eyes in, in the right place. But uh, you know, all in all, um, you know that was across the board. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, when you look at when you look at our offense in general, the, the the consistency didn't really show up at any any position. We had a lot of um, you know. Quite a few mistakes that, that that showed up in critical situations, and um, you know that we had the, the handful of turnovers. We had a couple guys that go down. Had to play a lot of lot of different players, um, you know, along the offensive front. Um, you know, it's just a, it was a, a challenge throughout the game to get that rhythm and momentum uh, going. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it it, it should come down to, to just one play, and uh, yeah, that's what we have we have to do a better job of just focusing on the next play, going out there to execute to the best of our ability, and uh, we'll be able to overcome overcome some of those situations. Was that the entire press conference? <laughs> <laughs> Got him, uh, Mike Norvell, FSU coach. They're not laughing in Tallahassee. No, uh, obviously ESPN 690, your official home of Florida State football and basketball. And it sounded good, by the way, on Saturday. Gene Deckerhoff 
it looked good early on. I was getting excited for Knowles fans, and and wow, okay, you can see the attention to detail. And man, did it collapse? I mean, to lose to Georgia Tech. Congrats to Jeff Sims, by the way, from Sandalwood High School. He looks the part. That whole thing where Mike Norvell and Florida State basically parted ways with Sims. He goes to Georgia Tech and beats him in the opener. Yeah. I mean, right now, you know the negativity we talk about with the Jags. The Knowles have it. I mean, they've lost four openers in a row. Yeah. I mean, they just can't turn the tide. And it's early for Mike Norvell. I still think Mike Norvell is going to be good. The mm. problem is their offensive line is not, and it got beat up again. It got injured. And James Blackman, let's just be honest, he's been through a lot. He's not a good football. He's not a good enough football player. He's too inconsistent at the quarterback spot. Yeah. Listen, I mean, Florida State comes out hot at the gate. With scripted plays, you know, and and you saw, all right, well, James Blackman uh, throws a touchdown, not bad, okay. Like, it, I was intrigued, and I was watching this because it got a little, a little bit delayed, so I was in the locker room before my fight, watched this transpire, and I was like, okay, this is this is a new Florida State team, a new offense, the scripted plays look nice, but then beg the question, what happens when the script goes out the door, right? What happens now when you have to call the game based off flow and not what you had on the chalkboard? And that's where it all fell apart. Now... From the offensive side, yeah, you you had injuries on the offensive line. I, I get that. But the next guy up's got to step up, okay? And it seems like... We've been trying the, that for five years well, on the O-line. I was just going to say, so for the past five years, it seems like the O-line has been the biggest problem, and it definitely has. On the defensive side, the ball is where I'm scratching my head right now. And you can blame Norvell, you can blame the coach, but here's here's my problem, okay? Jeff Sims might be the reincarnation of Mike Vick, might be the reincarnation of, of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. But I do know one thing. He's a first-year quarterback playing in his first true game. freshman. A true freshman. So when you play off coverage, when you don't force Jeff Sims to beat you, that's an issue, man. Now, yeah, he started out a little shaky, right? He might have been a little nervous, yeah. things like that. But then go for the throat, man. Like, make him beat you. Don't play soft coverages and be like, all right, well, he, he can dink here and dunk here. No, man. Like, to me, either you're all in or you're all out. And I saw a Florida State team on defense that was not all in, not from the player's perspective, but also from the play calling and coach's philosophy on that defense as well. And by the way, they have talent on that side of the ball. They have talent on that side of the ball to go up and down the field like Georgia Tech did. That was surprising. All, yeah, and listen, all I'm going to say is if you have those, those athletes like you do on defense, who's supposed to be a pretty good defense this year, if you have the athletes to, to make plays, let them make the plays. Let them dictate the tempo. Don't play back and kind of be at Georgia Tech's mercy, especially with the freshman quarterback. What are we doing? FSU, a long, 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 long way to go. No doubt about it. And that was evidence once again on Saturday of that. When we come back, the Jaguars' rookies don't look like rookies. What do you think of some of those guys? We talk more about the Jags' big win, 27-20. to 20. It's next, final hour. It's a Minshew Monday on ESPN 690.